ACC football is back, and we have the ACC kickoff schedule for you. We're going to talk about how every team has some strengths, has a few weaknesses, and what their season record will be. We'll predict that and talk about maybe a little more about what could go down at ACC kickoff with Jim Phillips, all on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. It's always a pleasure to have you talk through some of our ACC news. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as watch our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and let your friends know, and make sure you leave some comments. We always love to talk to our friends. If you talk to us, we certainly talk back. ACC kickoff is here. We never thought we'd see football again, but July 25th through the 27th, Tuesday through Thursday at the West End at Charlotte. We will have the ACC Network providing live coverage as well as Kenton Gibbs down in Charlotte to help us get ready for the 2023 ACC football season. For the first time in the history of the event, the ACC will have a three-day inner full of interviews with all your favorite coaches and players, top players around the various programs. And we'll have a nice slate of conversations going for Commissioner Phillips as well, who will kick off the event. Kitten, how are you feeling about going down to Charlotte? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be a great time. Every time I've been to uh, ACC Media Days in the past, has been a blast. So, you know, I expect nothing different out of this one. A thousand percent. All right, let's get into a Tuesday's schedule. Commissioner Jim Phillips will kick off. As we all know, if you have not checked out our most recent episode, he has a little things going on with Northwestern for his previous stay as the AD. But who, what will he discuss during this time here? Last season, it was more about expansion and what we were doing to sort of chase the SEC in the Big Ten. What do you think is going to be the main things that we should let folks know Jim Phillips will be discussing here at ACC kickoff? Uh, I think the main things that Jim Phillips will, will be discussing are very similar to last year, right? The uh, the possibility of expansion, the new revenue model, getting into that a little bit uh, more detailed, because we all saw the the articles and whatnot about what it would look like and what it meant. But it's always great to hear the actual intent behind it, as well as the impact that's going to come out of it from directly from the horse's mouth, uh, for lack of a better term. So. I, I think that that's going to be a, a really, really interesting thing to see. And uh, I think it'll be a, a great time kind of getting in that. I think it'll be a lot of fluff, you know, a lot of, oh my gosh, ACC is so great with championships around everything but uh, the actual football side of it, which, you know, it's all well and good, but we know who sort of makes the money around here. So it'll be interesting to hear what from a football landscape he's still hoping to contribute and bring and hope elevate as we look to make, you know, more consistent money. Although we have, you know, of course, upticked in terms of how much we're making but you know for some people it's never enough so hopefully he has a nice game plan in that regard absolutely absolutely i mean i like you said there will never be enough um for some folks and at the end of the day this is one of those situations where regardless of what is said there will always be a contingency to sees it as lip service and it really doesn't matter so you know we'll we'll uh we'll see how this thing works out and and what uh what Phillips can get squared away here, but 
all in all, I don't want to, you know, say one way or the other definitively that uh, I know for a fact he's going to talk about this or that. It just makes sense that we're going to hear something about um, kind of how conference realignment and and the uh, what was it? The the seven teams that were looking to get out that were almost eight that never quite materialized in eight and all that. What that looks like and, you know, what what the what the uh, temperature of the room is with all these teams being happy, but not really and all that. And how he plans on managing that going forward. I think we're going to get very vanilla, you know, hey, I'm, I don't want to rock the boat answers, but it's still good to have some type of answer on these things. Nonetheless, especially during this time of the year when they know sports on. You know what I mean? Very true. We're we're down to watching Demarcus Cousins highlights on Twitter right now, so it's a it's a tough time for sports. It's a tough time. I did see some slam basketball when I was in the gym this weekend. It was very interesting to say the least. But you know, got to make it do what it do. I also think, of course, we can't forget about the CW Network partnership and Raycom Sports. So that I'm sure will be a topic of conversation. So if you have not yet checked out those episodes, we kindly ask you to do so, so you can be locked and loaded and ready to go. So let's talk about this three day week of full interviews from your favorites head coaches and three athletes Georgia Tech Louisville's Miami and Syracuse will be first on the docket for Tuesday now Georgia Tech a team that we've been high on so far kind of like our dark horse if you will in terms of Brent Key and company they'll be there to kick things off for us in terms of programs we're I we were talking about eight wins are we still committed to that for this team, because I feel as if they have a lot of strengths. The quarterback to me is the only weakness. I don't know if I'm committed to eight wins. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to take it that far now. Let's not, let's not get crazy here. But with that being said, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely see some things working out in order to uh, get them in that area. But you know, this is, I, I think that this is a team that's going to be better than most people think they are. I honestly, I think that, and I stand by that. So we'll see how this thing uh, shakes out. What is good about Georgia Tech and what's something that Georgia Tech still needs to answer some questions about? I mean, honestly, I I think this team has questions all over the place. But the, the thing is, you also kind of feel like coming off of last year, at least you have your quarterback question answered. At least you're not wondering like, hey, is Sims with us? Is he coming back? What's going on? You have your quarterback position answered, which is the most important position in the game these days. But it's it's still not, you know, ideal per se uh, in terms of having everything ironed out. So we'll see. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think defensively, you know, you have a lot of holes to fill, but you have a pretty strong defensive line and some really good backs. It'll be all come down to, you know, half the battle is having a good coach who you bought into. And I certainly mm-hmm. feel like he is that guy right now for them. So we'll say how many wins do you think overall? I said eight, but what will, what will you go with? Yeah, I, I mean, I could see six or seven, but eight is possible. Eight is possible. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, hey, eight is out of the realm of possibility. And, and if you think that you're, you're on the special type of draw, um, it's possible. But I wouldn't say that that's the thing that I most strongly believe in. Possible, but aggressive. We'll take it, Louisville. Exactly. A very strong team that has a very good coach that everyone seems to be rallying around. The coach seemed to be the only issue for Louisville, according to most folks, with Satterfield's departure. But, you know, there's still questions to me about their quarterback, you know, position and how he'll be able to lead now that Malik Cunningham is gone. What are your thoughts around this Louisville team and where they'll finish this season? You know, there is there's a lot of questions around um, around, you know, how good is Louisville really? Because. Everybody in the city of Louisville has unlimited faith in Brown. And this is a team that defensively, they're always there. 
And so now the belief is, hey, Brom's going to get them together on offense and that's going to be everything that they need. But I mean, honestly and truly, the the question for this team is going to be who's going to step up, who's going to be the guys that you're not expecting to play well. Because, I mean, objectively speaking, even if you believe Brom is the greatest thing since sliced bread, great, great coaches make those other guys look really good. And so who are the other guys that Brom's going to make look really good is going to be one of the biggest questions for Louisville. Where will Louisville finish? I give them seven wins, and that's very high on them. I personally feel like it's going to be five to six, but I'll, I'll say seven. I feel good about people today. I feel like in our review, I said they get six or seven, and I, I'm sticking with that. I think this is a six or seven win team. I don't think that they see a drop-off from last year or they become fall off a cliff from last year, but I also don't see them taking a huge leap forward in year one under Brown. Let's talk about Miami, a team, of course, that always is good. Mario Cristobal has cemented himself about what his regime is going to look like. And if you don't get with it, you can certainly get lost. And, you know, Cristobal has Tyler Van Dyke. He has, you know, some really good guys like Cam Kitchens at defense. So what will this Miami team bring for us in terms of strengths and weaknesses? I mean, when you look at Miami, you have to ask yourself some very, very basic questions of who are you all in – who are you all internally? What's the heart and soul of that program look like right now? Are the players actually buying in? Is this a situation where guys actually like each other, actually want to play together, actually want to be there? Or is this a case where we're going to see another year of, oh, yeah, everything's good until it's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, everything's fine until all of a sudden a couple of losses roll in. And now we're asking all the questions in the world about who are these teams and, and you know, what do we have going on or who is this team? And who doesn't want to be here and who wants to jump ship and all that good stuff. So, you know, I, I, again, I'm, this is a team. They have questions about who are you internally? What's the soul of this program right now? Which I think honestly are some of the most significant questions to answer in this conference. And I think that Miami is just one of those programs where they're the biggest head case, right? Cause you're supposed mm-hmm. to be good. You're supposed to be this dominant program. You're supposed to be this historically gifted program and you're supposed to be bringing it back and being that Miami of old, but something about when it doesn't go right, people start to feel like they're you know too good, too big to be there and almost bigger than the program, not really locked in. So great point there. So I think that's definitely something they're going to have to figure out. They do ha- again, have a really great quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke, having his wide receiver one be one of his besties is certainly going to help matters. So, you know, I'm excited for them I think they get seven which will you know of course make people feel eh, away but it's better than what we were looking at before last year yeah I agree I agree I don't think that this Miami team is is going to be world beaters by any means but I don't think that they're going to be a terrible team either um this is year two and objectively speaking I believe the statistics bear out that uh most coaches if they're going to win a national championship they're going to do it um between years one and three and so, Mario, that clock is, you know, it's on you, brother. It's on you. But I, I think that this is going to be a team that they're they're deep and talented up front defensively. They have some studs on the back end as well defensively, like you just talked about. Great connection between your wide receiver one and your QB one. And so, you know, the question for this team is how do y'all gel as a team? As individuals, we know y'all are wonderful. We know a lot of y'all are going to be playing on Sundays. What do you all look like as a team? 
hundred percent. Let's finish up here with Tuesday. We're talking about Syracuse. You know, my fave Dino Babers is going to be there. He's yeah. got to win seven if he wants to keep his job. This team certainly has Gary Schrader, who, if healthy, is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. He reminds me similar of Bradley Leonard in terms of doesn't get a lot of the shine, but is pretty consistent, has great legs on him has improved that arm, Jesus, because Lord knows he was throwing. I don't even know. I don't think his mama knew where he was throwing it to, but he's definitely gotten better. And that defense is what it is. Aronde Gadsden, the second, is certainly going to help Schrader in that defense, you know, has lost some really key people. But how positive are we that Syracuse gets six or seven this year? I'm I'm not positive about that. I think, <laughs> I think Schrader is going to be good. Mm-hmm. But I think gas is going to be good. Mm-hmm. You're going to need more than those two offensively. Mm-hmm. You're going to need that running game to be good, to be. Sean Tucker is not up. walking through that door. Yeah, He's not walking through that door. He's yeah. walking through NFL doors these days. And yep. so, you know, that's, that's the deal there. Um, and also they lost uh, some key players defensively as well uh, from last year's team. And so the the question is going to be how do you replace some of those big name top guys uh top end guys that you lost from last year and we'll we'll see the answer over time i guess they're certainly going to yell at us if we do not talk about how good that defense was for the Syracuse but you know it remains to be seen how much they improve as we head through this next couple units but I want to remind you guys let's pay some bills here that for a championship team it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to just fit right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to eBay Motors with eBay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. But because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, Guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Kendon Gibbs here helping us talk through ACC kickoff for our football programs. Tuesday's slate will be pretty packed, but Wednesday's looks even better. Duke will kick off on the morning of Wednesday, July 26th. The Blue Devils came hot last season with nine wins from Coach Elko, who basically said, we're here, we're ready to go, just you know, sit here and wait. I'm the Duke football girl, as we have known in the show. If you have been here long enough, you know I ride for those Blue Devils only in the football side of things. Let me be very clear. I feel like eight wins is doable. They're certainly going to be, were they a fluke last year? I don't think Riley Leonard offers that opportunity as well as Dwayne Carter on that defensive side. Yeah, so the 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 big thing for Duke that you're looking at and saying, okay, what is the, the strength? Or we know the strength is Riley Leonard. We know Riley Leonard is a criminally underrated quarterback. He's, mm-hmm. he's very good, very, very good. The weakness of this team, at least the, the perception – of the weakness of this team is lack of offensive skill position players that are dynamic. You don't have a ton of guys that you look at like, oh man, this guy's a big play threat. This guy's a big play threat. If he's even, he's leaving out of this Duke team. And so, you know, you ask yourself, was it lightning in a bottle last year? 
Was it just, hey, you played the terrible Coastal and got off and you played a schedule that even in, outside of the Coastal, you ran into a bunch of teams that were one, two, three win teams in your non-conference. Can you find a way to continue the success from last year when your schedule is going to look very different than it last year? Is, is you know, the charge for Duke and Elko and company. And if I'm Elko, there's a lot of chips on my shoulder. There's a lot of reason to say, Oh, y'all still don't believe in us? Okay, great. Well, now it's time to show y'all. So I, I think that, again, the strength of this team, Riley Leonard, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but the weakness is something that hopefully Riley Leonard can cover up, and I don't think they have a ton of big play threats um, around him offensively. I think they got the Jalens, the Jordans. The, I mean, everybody has a J name in terms of their receiving core or their punt return, kick return team. So I definitely think that they're there. You're right. They're not superstars, but certainly it's people that you can't sleep on necessarily and how it all transpired. Given the record, what do you predict that they end the season with? How many wins? Uh, I, I think that this is a seven-win team. I think this is a six, seven-win team. I don't think that they get eight like they did last year. I don't think they improve upon last year's record, but I think they get seven. They got nine it's last nine. year. Yeah, I don't think they improve on that. I don't think they go 10 or more. I don't, uh, I don't see a, a where where that happens, but more power to them. There's I always mean, one hater in the mix. There's always one hater in the mix. It's fine. I mean, hey, call me what you want. Call me what you want, but I don't believe this team. They got to show me something. I lost money betting against them last year. Y'all got to take my money again for me to believe in you. How many much money are you trying to put down this year or no money? As much as you want to go for. As much as you want to go for. Because like I said – as much as as much as you believe in Duke and all that, I'm willing to bet whatever that they don't improve last year's record. I'm willing to put whatever on that one. Not okay. not talk to me. Not talk to me. If you if so you, you got that much faith, talk to me. Nine total you. wins, including the bowl game. They won nine last year. Mm-hmm. Improve it ten. Okay, one fifty. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's all do right. it. Period. Let's do it. Let's do all it. Right. I'm Let's ready. Let's do it. I have no doubts. I have no doubts in my mind that I'm. I am safe. <laughs> I am as I can't, as and this is how you this is how home. you were last year when they couldn't win six. You were hell bit on them not winning six. Hey, listen, and I'm fine I, with that. So I all live, I need them to do is win nine regular and one bowl game, and I'm good to go. I live with being I live with being wrong. Mm-hmm. I have never told anybody that Kenton is infallible or I'm a god of some sort. I am just a man. I will be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times in life before, and guess what? I'm going to be wrong plenty of times after this. This one right here, though, I'm right. This ain't okay. a ten win team. Okay, we will see. Florida State, speaking of 10-win teams, the Seminoles with Mike Norvell are certainly feeling themselves. Jordan Travis has been here about 10 years now. He is on his way to winning a Heisman. I am high on Jordan and all the things. Jared Verse is going to make it happen. The weaknesses, I can't really find it right now because Johnny Wilson is going to help that offense propel it in crazy ways. I think, you know, their secondary has certainly made some strong improvements. Not a lot of weaknesses for this team. It's only going to be can they go one game at a time. I disagree. Here. I disagree. Of course, you I, think, I think. I <laughs> think while I think that while their offensive line is is experienced mm-hmm. and while they have played a good amount of football together, mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable just naturally assuming that they're gonna take a next step or take a another leap. I, it could be a situation where they plateaued or even get worse in terms of like, yes, you're getting bigger, stronger, faster. Yes, you're heading towards your peak physically, but also there's a year of tape out on how y'all perform together. There's a year of tape and all right, what pass rush games do they struggle with? What blitz concepts do they struggle with? And so, you know, with, with all the uh, expectations and, and all the, the, the hype surrounding this team, we all know how that goes. And, and 
when you look at teams that underperform, it's not just because they didn't prepare the right way or they didn't do things that they needed to. It's because when you are a team that everybody's talking about as a potential playoff bid team, you're going to be everybody's Super Bowl. That four and three team that thinks they're a lot better than they are, when y'all go play them on the road and their fans are going crazy and saying, oh, well, we're we're having an average season, but we're going to give them our best shot. You're going to see that. And so, uh, you know, we you know the strengths with, with Florida State, very top-heavy. They're, in terms of stars, they've got the biggest and brightest in the conference. They've got uh, Jared Verse, who's going to be going in the first five to seven picks next year. They've got uh, they've got some multiple corners who have made all ACC teams. You've talked about Jordan Travis and all the special things that he's doing, the backfield that just won't quit. Sure, the offensive line is who everybody's looking at saying, this team will go as far as y'all take them. Very interesting. How many wins do they get? I see 10. This is a 10-win team. This okay. is a 10-win team here. All right. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Panthers, who coached by Coach Narduzzi, definitely have a lot of questions that remains to be seen in terms of their quarterback position. Can they bring a Kenny Pickett or a new version of, or maybe not at all, or figure out now that they are going to be a dominant program with Phil Dracovic at the helm? It certainly remains to be seen after losing some really strong defenders in Kalaja Kansi, my guy who starts with the H, name I butcher every single time, Servasier Dennis. You got a lot to make up for on that defensive side, but you know, ultimately, we know Narduzzi can get it done there. You're no longer in the Coastal. You don't have that crutch. Can they compete here in this ACC with a non-conference or, excuse me, no division matchups? Yeah, and we know every Pat Narduzzi coach team, the defense is going to be strength. Every Pat Narduzzi coach team, when the offense can give you a little bit of juice, you're going to be in a, a conference championship contention situation, which is what we saw with the Kenny Pickett uh, year, as you mentioned, and all that. And so – the, the the biggest strength is going to be that probably that front uh, seven and whatnot. The biggest question is going to be not just about Phil Dracovic, but how that backfield performs all together. How do you replace Izzy and which version of Phil are we getting? Those are the two questions offensively that are going to be massively important to get answered. Yeah, a thousand percent. How many wins do they pop off? I say six and a possible. I say seven and a possible. I say seven and a possible. Of course you do. <laughs> Let's talk about Virginia, who has a lot of questions in terms of just where are they as a program mentally, physically, how are they ready, the loss of Brennan Armstrong and what they're looking forward to this season. Expectations to me, not very high. If they get four to five wins, I say that's progress for them, but you know, it's gonna be a hard fought four to five. Um, I agree. And this Virginia team by nearly by most experts are picked to finish near, if not dead last. And um, honestly, it's, it's, and I hate to say this because it sounds really negative, but I struggle to find the redeeming quality or the strength in this team that I would say like, Hey, this is the thing that I know they're going to be really good in this department. I I just being completely honest. I struggle to find that. And with a team where you struggle to find strengths, you know what that means. The weaknesses are everywhere. There's okay. there's massive questions about, you know, the quarterback position right now. You've got uh, a pretty, pretty heavy competition rolling there. Uh, the wide receiver core, you know, depleted by a lot of things last year. What it, 
what is that going to look like? You know, defensively, your top corner, one of the top, the top performer on the team is now playing for Florida State. There are so many, so many, you know, moments where you're just like, does this roster have what it takes to compete at an ACC level? Honestly, just hope everybody has fun. That's everyone comes out safe, you know, and they win a couple games here and there. I think I call this a successful season for them. And then I look to next year as a what are we doing in recruiting wise? How are we trying to make, you know, them even get prominent in the ACC level, let alone national scale? Tony Elliott has some work cut out for him for sure. If they win five games this year, they might want to build. They might want to build Tony a statue. Kenton. I am not kidding. Five, first of all, you know full well five wins is insane. I that's why I said if they win five, they need to build Tony a statue. Build the statue. Go ahead and build it. I I I I don't know if I have that much faith in Tony, but we're gonna see. I no, I don't have that much faith. I don't <laughs> I listen. I know that I said if he wins five, build him a statue. Uh don't worry, UVA. Y'all would not have to dip into y'all discretionary fund to find the money for a statue. Don't worry. Good that discretionary night. fund is very safe. It's Good safe night. All right, Virginia Tech, last team that'll be there on Wednesday. Yeah, I wish I could say it's as much of excitement, but it feels a, a tick above the level of expectations I feel for Virginia. It's a it's a sad sight there in the state. The state. Yeah, um, the common. The you know, you know the the Commonwealth. It's not seven hundred four. What is it? What is eight hundred four? I the the Commonwealth. You know, they eight hundred four, seven five seven, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. The Commonwealth. Is struggling, They're having a tough time and from I'm a recruiting being, lens, from a production lens, from all yeah. being all around. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, and they're in a very similar situation in yeah. that. I I will say this though. I will give Virginia Tech this. Virginia Tech defensively at times last year really did hold their own. Mm-hmm. The offense did not hold up their end of the bargain, but that defense really held their own. However offensively again they've they've got similar questions to pit with worse answers at other positions yeah. like you're asking yourself okay can grant wells be the guy you're asking yourself the running game last year was so bad it was te- it wasn't bad it was terrible it was mm-hmm. flatly terrible at times and you're asking yourself your top receiver is now gone as well and so you're asking yourself about this team where is the strength offensively? What is going to be the strength offensively? You know, and and so um, with that being the case, I mean, you know, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm just ragging on this team to rag on them, but. You ragging on this worse of Virginia. We definitely feel like Virginia ain't going to be nothing. So I'm just. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you this. I think Virginia Tech is a better team. I think that they have. 100%. I think that they have more answers or more, more. A slight notch above in terms of talent, but I, I think both of these teams are, are, you know, lacking sorely in in the Larrys and Joes department in order to uh, create some win to create some wins. There. I respectfully have more confidence in the prior leadership than I do Elliot. Oh, and very I much so. Yeah. Very much so. And and also, I mean, it's just a better situation. Again, we we've talked about the tragedy and things and and how you talk about moving forward and all that. I talked about uh, losing receivers to things, you know that. You could not have guessed. And losing yeah. one of the most dynamic players in recent ACC history and a six, seven deep ball, jump ball threat to, you know, a senseless act of, of gun violence is, you know, it, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's really terrible. 
And it's unfortunate that their young man lost his life. And from a team perspective, you lose a, a really good player in that regard. But back to Virginia Tech now, you don't have those same types of problems, but you still kind of do. You still kind of have lost your, your best receiver as well. He's just timed out of the system. You still have a, a situation at quarterback where you're like, you know, we're, we're hoping that either Wells takes multiple steps forward or the transfer is really good or, you know, either way, you're hoping for something big to happen there. And then the running game. Again, you know, they say by air or by land, they struggled with both. So what what do we what do we get done here? Yeah, a thousand percent. I will say though, when you talk about just investment in energy and you know fan dynamics, playing in Lane Stadium is gonna give you a far better uptick of confidence in pulling off some upsets. And I give them I give them four to five as well in terms of how their season's gonna end up. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. All right, let's talk about the final shows here. Final shows. Let's talk about our final friends here at ACC kickoff on Thursday. We'll have Boston College, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Wake Forest. Boston College, I'm glad you're going first here. Glad you're not saving you for last because when it comes to Virginia Boston College, they're neck and neck for who wants the bottom spot here on ACC preseason predictions. I can almost put my full faith in that coach Halfley. He's going to have to have at least, at least six wins for us to even consider him having a job next year. And I know that's a lot, but that's just where we're at. Does he get it? No. <laughs> Upgrade your LinkedIn brother. Upgrade that resume. Get it ready. Um, no, but seriously, I think the Boston college just has there's, and again, this feels gross to say their their biggest weakness. You're looking at an offensive line that was banged up and bruised up last year that everybody or not everybody. If you're assuming this team is going to be good, you're assuming everybody coming back from injury last year is like back on it, back to who they were, if not better. It's not always the case. Some of those season ending injuries that these guys suffered last year, it takes a while to get back in the groove of it. Lord knows if you're getting back in the groove and you potentially lose a, a easy quote-unquote easy, out-of-conference game, you're going to be looking at a tough time. So I, I think that this Boston College team, you know, what can you get going offensively with replacing Zay Flowers, who has allegedly been the best receiver at Ravens camp, including OBJ? Um, you know, what can you get in terms of of um, having Moorhead take another year of, of being – or have a first year of being QB number one all the way through – what can you do in terms of the offensive line, getting back healthy and all that good stuff? And even beyond that, uh, defensively, is the defensive backfield as good as they looked in the spring, or is that just a reflection of y'all offense being terrible? Yeah, listen, you ain't never lie, and no lie was told. How many wins did they get? Three. Three four. Does he make it through the whole season? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Clemson gonna be in here. We're gonna talk through being the ACC champs and what it's like to now have no comp, no divisions, and having teams like NC State, having teams like Florida State certainly want to vie for an opportunity to potentially take you down. How confident are we that it's Clemson and nobody else still? Clemson still has a a fairly big advantage over everybody else. I don't think that that's any question or any surprise or any shock there. Um, in terms of of who Clemson is. And, you know, Clemson doesn't really look at the ACC the way that everybody else does in terms of like, 
a lot of schools that we've talked about, if they win one ACC championship, that's a huge deal. Yep. Clemson, during a down year, wins an ACC championship. And so, you know, for Clemson, the the biggest thing I, I would say in terms of their strength, that defensive <laughs> – the back end on that defense is expected to be the, the best part, but I'm going to tell you, those linebackers, whew, whew, Trotter Jr. and, and Bear Carter, something different. Yeah. You just watch, you're turning on the tape and watching them do what they do. And I don't mean highlights. I mean the game film. I mean the full, the all 22. Oh, that is, it's a treat. It's truly a treat. The way that they are relentless in attacking all around the field, the way that they get downhill, fill holes, get back in coverage, super instinctive, all that good stuff. It's, it's amazing. The question or the weakness of this team, you're looking to that offensive line saying, are you going to be better than you were last year? Because you can talk about DJ and say, oh, well, was Kate the guy? Was he not the guy? Whatever the case may be. You could talk about Will Shipley and say, oh, was he? did he look good? Did he look recover from his injury? Whatever the case right. may be. But at the end of the day, those big guys up front, similarly to Florida State, how do y'all hold up? And that offensive line objectively was not good for Clemson last year. They were not opening up, you know, gang busting holes and all that last year. It just wasn't happening. So your 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 question here is, is the offensive line ready to do what needs to be done in order to restore this team to national prominence? That's very true. I think that they're also a 10 to 11 win, season, 11 win team. I think that it's going to come down to the last couple games and maybe shimmy or shake for them to be ACC champions yet again. But I think it's nice to have a little competition. It's not going to be a gimme uh, for sure with the way Florida state is stacked. Yeah, I, I, I for sure agree with that. And um, you know, having Garrett Riley as your offensive coordinator is always a good thing. You know, anybody with the last name Riley, if they call him plays in this NCAA, watch out it is, you know, you, you got something serious on your hands. But with that being said, you know, this is a team that I I would think, you know, this is a team that I would think that 11 wins, that, you know, 11, 12 wins, it wouldn't surprise anybody. All right, let's go to North Carolina. North Carolina team with Drake May, Mac Brown, all the lights, all the stage. Never been able to deliver quite as high as the lights have been so far in recent years, but certainly are trying to make their case to not have Drake have a sophomore slump. So, Let's figure out just how many wins, because I think we all know the strengths. We damn sure know the weaknesses. It's just a matter of put up and shut up. It's kind of like Miami. Are you back or not? My, North Carolina, are you going to do it or not? Defense, are you going to figure it out or not? Period. No mm-hmm. no more talking. Yeah, and, and I think that the answer is a resounding not. Um, I think that this team, for all that you talk about with the Golden Boy and all that good stuff, it's good for him. Uh, again, I think he's going to be, you know, expected to lead somebody's franchise for the next 10 years in Drake May. Good for him. I think that they have surrounded him with a bunch of yin-yang and riffraff on the rest of this team. Yeesh. Very seriously. Having your entire starting secondary. Did anybody from the starting secondary last year come back? Was there? Anybody? Okay. And, and I know some <laughs> people are saying, well, it's addition by subtraction. And these guys that left. Okay, that's fine. That's I'm with you. If you get rid of all those guys and you bring in a bunch of guys who have started at better programs, who have done better things, hey, I get you. That's not the case. Dre Bly will pay for his crimes. You're you're (laughs) counting on some players who were sitting behind these guys last year to now move up and and become better than what they were. So, uh, you know, I'm 
I'm struggling to see the vision in terms of like, oh, this team's going to be better and they're going to be fine. You're playing the guys who couldn't play because the last guys were too good, even though they were not good enough to stop App State from they dropping. They were good. They just didn't have a good coach. Can we just be honest about it? Okay. All right. They, now, listen. There's no way, there's no reason that a Tony Grimes regresses of that magnitude. It's not for lack of talent. It's literally coaches, being coached. I'm a firm believer that coaches coach you through the first three steps. Okay. Through the first three steps. And here's the thing. If you're talking offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, I'm much more likely. I'm much more likely to hear you out. And just like, all right, cool. Because if you schematically, if you're. Well, I ain't that high on Gene either. So we could, I mean, to. Who? To. to Who? Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's okay. talk about it. But I, I, I get you. I get you. So, I mean. I just, we need to I, have a we need to have a coordinator kickoff, honestly, because I think that would be real spicy. Well, well, I'll tell you this much: if you don't believe in Gene, that's unfortunate. Because guess who's going to be calling them defensive plays come come the fall? Hello, yeah, Mr. Chizik is going to be right there. I didn't think Jason Bateman was the answer either, but hell, I definitely feel like there is some issues over there. How many wins they going to get, child? I see seven to eight as there. Seven to eight is a sweet spot for them. I see that. That's crazy. I say eight or nine, and they gonna earn that ninth regular season. NC Ooh, not regular season is a lot. Okay, NC State. Welcome, Brennan Armstrong. Welcome, offensive coordinator. And they like, what mm-hmm. do we feel like, Dave Dorn and company? They have no excuses as to why the Atlantic is hard and they couldn't you know, figure it out. Da, 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 da. They're just like, put up or shut up. Like this is the time. Here you go. Give give me your ten win season finally. So the strength of this team, we all know, is the defensive backfield. I mean, you, you've got talent on talent, under talent, next to talent uh, with this defensive backfield in terms of, of what you got going on with uh, Aiden White, who was the most who played the most snaps without allowing a touchdown uh, in coverage last year. The question for this team, they look at a very similar question to some other folks in terms of who, what is your backfield going to look like? Running the ball. What are we looking at? Michael Allen is a guy that I think he's the he has the highest ceiling of all the backs uh, that are on the roster in terms of he's the biggest big play threat. He's the even leaving guy, great contact um, balance and all that good stuff. Jordan Houston is the Mr. Reliable there every day, day in, day out. But objectively speaking, the run game just did not do enough last year. And then you lose the guy who looked like your best running back for when he was healthy in Demi Sumo, uh, Demi Sumo Kongbe. Uh, going to Kentucky with Devin Leary, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the backfield is the the question mark, the weakness on this team. And so um, that's, you know, Atlantic, Coastal, don't matter. You got to figure out somebody to produce out of that backfield in order to be good. How many wins they get? Ten, finally? I see seven. Seven, eight. Ooh. <laughs> Wake for I'm not, I'm just gonna let that marinate because okay I I personally feel like they're going to get eight in the regular season, but NC State is known to stress me out and I always get high on them and they always let me down so you know there's that Wake Forest lot final team to end ACC kickoff Oof. six uh, six I I can see five I can see five to six I can see it. I can see five to six. The strength, much, the strength is the fact that Mitch Griffiths is not going in blind this year. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. The weakness is that defense. How did we get better? Have they ever gotten better? That's what I'm trying to say. It's, 
I, mean, I think when Boogie Basham was there, they were like, all right, defensively. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they were like, world beaters. I think they were all right. But, yeah. You know, I mean. Mm. Coach Lawson's a great coach. That helps yeah, you. Yeah, that yeah, helps yeah. You. Dave's, Dave's good balls. But the, the problem is, the problem is, Sam Hartman, they walk through that door. That's the problem. That's the problem. I hope and he's having I, a great time in Annapolis. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and I'm going to tell you, in where? Annapolis? Isn't that where Notre Dame is? Oh, South Bend. <laughs> I have Navy on the brain. It's Navy and Notre Dame are playing in Ireland, and I have Navy and Notre Dame on the brain. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. And um, I cuss. I'm sorry, David. It's, it's okay. It's all right. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll <laughs> forgive you for that one. But uh, <laughs> the, this this is this is a team that I think you know they they look at some of these other teams in terms of being devoid of talent. They just have a better coach. They just have a more experienced coach that's been here, done this longer. So I could see five, six is aggressive, but I think they can get there. All right, guys, there we have it. That is our ACC kickoff show. We have laid out every team, strengths, weaknesses, season record predictions of how many wins they're going to get. ACC kickoff schedule fully laid out for you. We had an episode about who's all going to be there. We had an episode about the whole schedule and review every single program. We went game by game, have a whole playlist on YouTube. So there's no excuse for you not to be prepped and ready for ACC football come 2023 season. Make sure that you leave a comment. Let us know what you're really thinking. And more importantly, give us the feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Check out all of our channels here, respective teams here in the ACC, our local experts for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.